If you're looking for a podcast to give you the latest information on new ghost hunting machinery. Spoiler alert. No such thing as ghosts. Hey now. Leave room for the unexplained. There are, there are many things that are unexplained, but one of the main ghosts. Whatever. But this isn't that yeah, podcast. No, this is the podcast that's about to have fought. Okay. Okay. Might be the most entertaining thing we've done. Could be. This is, however, comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. marriage. Welcome to the 200th episode. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much explains it. Of comedy... Tragedy, marriage. Hey y'all! Podcast where a longtime married couple takes turns each episode selecting a movie, TV show, or documentary to watch. We watch it together and then we sit down and discuss why we like it, love it, or loathe it and share that discussion with you. I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. My latest review at StanTheMovieMan.com is Saw. 10 or X, depending on how you want to look at it. Socks. Socks. Uh, yeah. Sounds like feet wear. Hmm. hmm. Uh, anyway. Any Uh You can find all of my movie reviews at StanTheMovieMan.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MovieManStan. Or the place formerly known as Twitter. X Twit. Twit yes, X. Twit X. Uh, you can also follow the podcast at CT Marriage on X slash Twitter. Twit X. You can also follow me on the other various uh, places uh, Spoutable, Threads, and Blue Sky at Stan the Movie Man. Uh, if you have a question you'd like to submit to us or a suggestion for something for us to watch, send it to comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. Joining me as always is uh, the light of my life, the, 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 the reason I um, go to the store. Yeah, because I need stuff. And the reason I uh, go to work. Because I need stuff. And the reason I do this podcast... That is beyond me. Well. Because, like, well, you know, I need stuff, but um, you don't need me to be here because I'm, like, frosting. No, I do need... Well, A, frosting is fabulous, so let's... Well, that's true. Let's okay. not downplay I'm, frosting. I'm embroidery. Bro embroidery can also be fabulous. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry. Uh, my other half... Maud the Zoning in Broad. Ah. Yeah. So, it is uh, not only our 200th episode, it is also the first episode of October, which means it is spooky movie season. Hashtag spooky season. And it was Maud's choice this week, so please tell the fine folks listening on their various devices what it is you selected. So I wanted to sort of ease into the spooky season vibe, um, not, you know, going for any, you know, hardcore bleh, or, <laughs> or 
um, <gasps> or, you know, any of those hardcore things. Yeah. So I wanted to go a little bit more mind trippy, um, suspense, chiller, thriller-ish. So, um, and I also, you know, I'm Christopher Walken, I'm here for it. So um, I chose from 1983, 40 years ago, happy anniversary happy to anniversary. the Christopher Walken film called um, The Dead Zone, um, directed by David Cronenberg. Okay, according to the wiki description, it's described as a science fiction thriller film. Um, the screenplay um, was written by Jeffrey Bohm, and it was based on the book from um, 1979, The Dead Zone, uh, by our friend Mr. Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Christopher Walken is the um, protagonist in the film. Um, his love interest named Sarah is played by Brooke Adams. Tom Skerritt plays a sheriff. Herbert Lom plays Christopher Walken's um, doctor, which we'll get to why he needs a doctor in a minute. Um, Martin Sheen plays a smarmy politician. Anthony Zerby plays a rich dude who is sort of peripherally in the um, smarmy politician's orbit. Um, and Colleen Dewhurst. So Johnny Smith is the Christopher Walken character. He is a school teacher. He is in love with Brooke Adams's character, Sarah, who is also a school teacher. Um, they have had what appears to be a chaste romance. Um, he's taken her home from a date in his uh, Volkswagen doodlebug and um, takes her to her door and they kiss goodnight and she's like, you know, all, you sure you don't want to come in? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And he's like all, eh, eh, eh. some things are better worth waiting for. And then, you know, that's actually what he says. Some things are worth waiting for. So um, they smooch a little, but they wait. And um, they have been to... Um, an amusement park. They've been to an amusement park that <laughs> afternoon after school, and they are the apparent only riders on this very rickety, wooden-looking, um, janky roller coaster. Even for 1983, this the, looks very janky. They appear to be the only people in, in the, the park. In the park, which, you know, may be a plot point in the novel, I don't know, but in the movie, it's just kind of, it's, it's you kind of see it, but it's it may not... Um, pierce your consciousness. Yeah, I, I think perhaps he knew somebody at the park, and that's why he. I think so. That's why he got in when it was actually closed. Yeah, but um, they ride this roller coaster, and he his head feels weird after, um, and so he's he's driving home after dropping her off, and you know, um, not going in and um, spending the night, and he. <laughs> The absurdity um, astounds in this particular scene because um, a milk truck, tractor trailer. A tanker Tanker, truck. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, loaded with milk. Um, the drivers. Comes disengaged. Well, and the their drivers, drivers. The driver's falling asleep. Yeah, their driver's falling. The, the milk truck's driver, driver's falling asleep. Um and so he loses um, control of his vehicle, and um, Christopher Walken is having this headache 
weird janky head situation. Plus, it's raining and, and it's cold raining. and it's fogging up the inside of his windshield. Yeah, literally, it was a dark and stormy night. Ooh. Ooh. So, anyway, the tanker part appears to come disengaged from the trailer part and Christopher Walken, Johnny Smith, and his doodlebug crash into this milk truck and um, there is literally spilled milk. Yeah, quite a bit. And and I'm like, really? Oh, okay. If Weird flex, but all right. Um, so anyway, um, we go forward and um, Johnny Smith wakes up. He is in a hospital or a clinical, you know, medical setting and um there's a doctor there and his parents are there and his parents are weird well his mom is weird his dad seems you relatively know relatively normal yeah kind of just along for the weird ride on the mm. crazy train because mm. mom is like a wackadoo mm -hmm. um but he wakes up and um it turns out that instead of he doesn't remember what happened to him so they explained to him that there was a car accident and um He's like, so how long have I been, you know, out for? And he's thinking, you know, days, weeks, maybe. It's been five years. Yes, he's been in a coma. He's been in a coma. Stuff has happened. Mm -hmm. um, Sarah has gotten married and had a baby. And um, she's, you know, sort of going on with her very, you know, preppy, short hair, wearing pearls, you know, young mother kind of life. Um, he... He has, you know, obviously trouble reassimilating, but um, his physician at the clinic is all like, it's, you know, your rehabilitation is going to take some time. It's going to be painful. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to learn how to walk, eat, do all the things over again. So he is in this rehabilitation um, center, you know, going through rehab, going through PT learning how to um, walk again and how to be mobile and um, you know try to try to gain some semblance of health back so at at one point um, during his rehab a nurse comes in to you know attend to him and he has the occasion to touch her hand or she touches his hand and he gets this crazed um, <gasps> look on his face and his eyes get real big like Christopher Walken's eyes sometimes do and it's mm. like oh that's the face we know and love that's why we're here um, and he sees a vision of a little blonde headed beautiful little girl in a bedroom that's on fire and he's like you know telling the nurse you're 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 it's fire she's on fire the room's on fire uh, but it's not too late it's not too late um and it's the nurse's daughter mm -hmm. um and so you know she's like what's this this makes no sense this is crazy um it turns out that the house really was on fire um f fire crews get the little girl out and she's okay um but he he saw this thing as it was happening or immediately prior to its happening um and he and the doctor talk about this situation and it's like this is really trippy and strange and um but the doctor says there are uh, instances. instances of this being reported after a brain trauma after head trauma 
So this is where the movie takes off. Mm -hmm. So lead forward. Uh, well, I mean, if you're at all familiar with Stephen King, um, the people who are granted these gifts, it isn't really a gift without a price. It's a gift and a curse. Yes. Mixed blessing at best. Um, because he, he, you know, at one point in the film, he's getting all these requests to, to, uh, to help solve uh, unsolved murders and missing persons and, you know, lost animals, so that kind of thing. But then there are also and the he's people also who... Hiding. Yeah, yeah, and there are also the people who are like, this guy's a hack, he's, uh, yeah. you know, he's trying to... He, he gets uh, confronted by a, newspaper, uh, a TV reporter during a news conference because the, the news about the little girl being saved mm -hmm. by his vision comes out. And he wants to get ahead of it as best he can, not realizing that this is the kind of thing that, that the media will eat up. But uh, this sort of smarmy reporter comes up to him and says, touch my hand. And he touches the guy's hand and, and he, uh, he talks about how you're wondering how your sister, if your sister's death was really a suicide. Um, I was expecting that to be expounded upon more. Yeah. And the local sheriff, played by Tom Skerritt, comes. Uh, he's he's the sheriff of Castle Rock. That Castle Rock is a very important location in the Stephen King universe. Mm. A lot of things happen. A lot of his stories happen in Castle Rock, which is or of make course, references to Castle which Rock. Which of course is Maine, because yes. that's where Stephen King is from and even, lives, and it's it's all about Maine. Even though this particular film was shot in Canada, eh. uh, so. Uh, the uh, local sheriff comes to him. Uh, they have a series of murders going on, and he wants to figure out, you know, if if Johnny can help. Um, and turns out he can when he touches a dead girl mm -hmm. uh, and figures out who the killer is. Won't spoil that for you if you haven't seen the movie. No, but it, it's it's not it's not good. No, uh, and there's. That whole scene with figuring out who the killer is and going to to the killer's house. Yeah. That is a weird sequence of things. It, it almost doesn't fit in this movie. Or it doesn't need to be there. Um, Colleen, yeah. Colleen Dewhurst, who I was always a huge fan of her work, mm -hmm. um, she plays the um, killer's mom. Mm-hmm. And so they go to the killer's house, and they're trying to, like, you know, is he here? Is he here? And she's like, no, he ain't here. He ain't here. But, of course, he's there. And um, he is driven to an action that um, I found disturbing and really cool. Um, <laughs> he The best combination of things. Yes, totally. So, um, but, yeah, he was... He killed this particular girl. Yes. He didn't apparently kill all the girls. You sure about that? That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. Did, did it leave it up in the air? or? No, I'm pretty sure that they he decided that, that, that he, was, he was the killer that they were looking for. Maybe because, that's where I sneezed or something. Well, because she, he, he would only be able to see that murder, not all the not murders. Not all the murders. So yeah, that's that's what that was. 
but um, he also apparently has some um, more distant past sight as well because yes. he um, he sees a vision of his doctor as a child um, during um, wartime and there's a fire everywhere and because the um, Nazis are going through you know the Nazis are the going through yeah through Poland and the the boy the now adult doctor mm -hmm. gets separated from his mother mm -hmm. and he assumed that his mother was dead turns out not so much no spoiling that a little bit well yeah but um, that that's obviously uh, how that's going to go. Yeah. But, Mama's, you know, old as hell anyway, yeah. so. Uh, but, you know, he has all, he has these visions that he sees when he touches people. And sometimes it's things in the immediate future, like, or going on right now mm -hmm. with the little girl in the fire. Yeah. Or the immediate past or the recent past, like the murdered girl in the gazebo. Yes. Or the distant past, like the doctor, like the doctor, or in the immediate future, like the little boy uh, that he is hired to to tutor to try to get him out of his shell. Yeah, that's Anthony Zerby's son. Yes, uh, who is far smarter than he anybody. Should be. Yeah, um, but uh, but there's a cost with every one of these. Oh yeah, he. Uh, Walken feels like the character feels like he's dying every time he has one of these visions. Yeah, it takes it takes um, mental, spiritual, physical, metaphysical energy yes. from him, and he feels like it's eating him alive. Right. Uh, for instance, uh, and and that's something that commonly happens in in, in Stephen King's stories where people have have gifts. gifts that's the curse that comes with is yes. that it consumes you in firestarter uh the the father of the girl who is the firestarter who has the pyrokinetic abilities mm -hmm. he has the ability to change people's thinking by just looking at them staring at them and 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 in the recent remake of firestarter he does this thing with his neck. It's like he's cracking his neck. Ew. But when he does that, it it gives it him access the... into the other person's brain yeah. to change their thinking. Because like he's uh, he's making money by having people by helping people stop smoking or 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 lose weight or whatever. It whatever is. the gimmick is. Right. But he's doing that. I mean. He's really changing their perspective on the habit they have. But by doing it over and over and over again, he's going to eventually cause an aneurysm to burst in his head. So it's that is the cost of his particular gift. What's the connection between his gift and his daughter lighting, lighting stuff up? Well, his... Okay. Is let's, there a connection? Let's, let's go back to. Let's go back before the little girl was born. Uh, the father and mother of the little girl mm -hmm. were both uh, the subject of 
experiments in college mm -hmm. to try to amplify any latent psychic, psychic ability. ability. And she was telekinetic, the, the mother. She uh -huh. could move stuff. And he was able to get in people's Persuasion. brains. Um, now, they both pay a price whenever For they do gifts. this. It, yeah. it gives, you know, it either, you know, it's killing him. And uh, I think it just makes her very, very tired. Mm. Um, now, and then they had a baby. And that baby had the pyrokinesis. Now, I don't know what. Boom. I don't know what what toll it takes on her other yeah. than she just gets very hot and very sweaty and, and then stuff lights and then up everything bursts into flame around her but yeah that's there may be uh, perhaps in the book it explains it more fully that's one i haven't seen and i true confession time i i have not been um i have not exposed myself to a lot of stephen king's material either in film or um, in print and I am going to consciously try to change that because what I have chosen to expose myself to in film and in print has been great well uh, he um, uh, there's been two versions of Firestarter yeah. one with Drew Barrymore when she was a little girl I want to see that one and and uh, D uh, David um, the guy from Knoxville David uh, David, David Keith, Keith. Um, he went to school with your siblings. Yes. Um, and th that one, I think, of the two is the preferred version, although I don't think either of them are really considered all that good. But And I saw the modern version, and it was really not very good. Good to know. Uh, but also with uh, Danny Torrance in Shining, uh, the sequel to that is called Dr. Sleep. Uh, Which I almost chose, but I'm like, Doctor Sleep, Christopher Walken, Crazy Eyes. Okay, so it was uh, a choice. And uh, in that, the adult Danny tamps down his uh, shining with alcohol, drugs, and and hedonism, which take a different kind of toll on exactly. him. But it's not the same kind of toll that exercising his gift would be. But you know. It, doing the shining and dealing with all these spirits mm -hmm. takes another toll exactly on him. plus yeah. they want to suck his suck the soul out of him yeah. the, these spirits so he's not constantly got to be on guard but if he tamps down the shining with the alcohol and drugs it keeps him protected from the spirits they just won't see him it's just pickling his brain and his liver exactly. but you know you know one price to pay as opposed to another price to pay but i i i haven't read the book but uh me dr. neither but sleep, i want to dr sleep the movie is really good okay uh so noted whether it's something we do on here or something that we just watch for fun it, it's really good cool but but there is a price to be paid when you get these gifts in the Stephen King universe. Mm -hmm. um, so, just like uh, in the Green Mile. Yeah. Um, oh, powerful film. And you know when 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 uh, I don't remember the character's name, but the guy who heals people. Mm -hmm. The prisoner. The prisoner. Uh, you know he expels. He he absorbs whatever that darkness is in the people. The toxin, the poison, the evil. Yes, and then exp and then shoots it out of his mouth as flies. Yeah, uh, which can't be pleasant. It's a really cool 
evocative visual, though. Yes, and, and the Green Mile movie is 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 heartbreaking. It's fantastic, and yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the price to be paid. Yes. So in in Walken's case, the price to be paid is he feels like he's dying. Yeah. But there are little parts of the vision he has that he calls dead zones, and that he event, he figures out is the fact that even though he's seeing the future, that future can be changed. Can be altered. In the case of the kid he's tutoring, mm -hmm. um, how much do I spoil? Well, he sees a thing happen. Yes. But um, the the way that the the way that the event is arranged mm -hmm. is such that. Um, the catastrophic part of the event for him, where he would feel personal loss, um, is prevented. The event still occurs, yes, but without his personal loss being attached to that, yes. At which point, um, kid that he's tutoring's dad believes, you know, oh, okay, so this is a thing. This is, apparently is well, a real he, ability. He he doesn't think that though until it's too late until yeah yeah uh but he uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was funny um he uh, walken's character when he presents this information to the dad and the dad tells him to get out he says do you know who i am you know he asks he, he pulls out the do you know who i am card uh which never goes well usually most of the time and it doesn't this it doesn't work this time, but um, he uh, you know he he tries to play the power card. Yeah, and and it doesn't work. But fortunately, the kid just puts his foot down and says, "This I'm is not, not going. gonna yeah, this is not gonna happen this way." Right, but others pay the price. Others pay the price. Yes. Then there's that politician that we were talking about, played by Martin Sheen. Okay, again, full disclosure. I love Martin Sheen. He is flawless. I have crushed on him since I was a kid, and he was in the TV miniseries based on John Dean's book called Blind Ambition, and he played John Dean um, during the Watergate mm -hmm, hearings. Mm -hmm. um, I have loved him since. Um, he is a raving, giant, flaming, five-alarm jackass in this film, yes. and I hated him. Um, which is what a good actor um, does. Mm -hmm. If you if they play the role and you like the actor but you hate the character, then the good actor has done their job. And yes. he go oh, he's he is just fifty shades of shit eating grin. Uh, and he's you know he's he's. I'm this, sorry. Do we need to edit that? Nah, we'll leave it in. We'll just put a. He's like a mule eating stickers with all those teeth. <laughs> He, uh, he, he's this ambitious politician that plays like a man of the people, but what he is is a fascist. He's anything but a man of the people, and he's evil. Yes, and uh, at one point um, at a uh, rally that is occurring across the street from where uh, Johnny, Johnny Smith, Smith lives, lives um, he shakes Stilson. Stilson is the, uh, is the politician's the politician. name. Who he's running for Senate, but he he has, he has bigger ambitions. ambitions, and not unlike uh, when we watch the Manchurian Candidate. Yes, and uh, when he shakes uh, Johnny's hand, 
he Johnny gets, Johnny a, gets vision a vision of the future where he starts a nuclear war. It's catastrophic. So he's uh, Johnny decides he has to do something drastic about Stilson and puts a plan in motion. Now we shan't no spoil that for you either. We Doesn't, should also say that if we backtrack a step or two, um, Johnny's former love interest Sarah and her husband and their baby are campaigning for Stilson. They don't get that he's like evil incarnate. Yeah, they they believe the whole man of the people, uh, you know, all that stuff. But yeah. behind this, when you see him when he's not on the stump. He's a horrible, horrible human being. Oh, and he's got this enforcer named Sonny who is just creepy and evil and looks like a mob dude from The Sopranos. Yeah. He, and behaves that way. He, he looks like he would, you know, shoot you in the head and then, you know, wipe any blood splatter off of himself and go eat dinner. I mean, he's, he's, or, he's cold. Or, you know, would eat your brains with a spoon. Or that. Yeah. It's a little more than I was thinking, but it's anyway. spooky season. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, we've certainly given you all the information on the story of the movie, but what do we think about the movie? I'm a little torn, actually. Mm -hmm. Love Christopher Walken. Mm -hmm. um, love to hate Martin Sheen. Mm -hmm. um, the The... Performer, the the actors whose faces you recognize are all solid mm -hmm. in their roles, um, but it's very dated. Well, yes, it's certainly dated. Um, and it reminds me, aside from just a couple of little instances of you know not for network TV language, uh -huh. it kind of reminds me of a TV adaptation. That's true. It's got sort of a mm, cheesy look about it. Well. I think that can be best summed up by saying it was produced by Dino De Laurentiis. Well, yeah, that's true. That's the first name you see come up on a slate, and I'm like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, uh, some of Laurentiis's uh, old movies, stuff. Well, some of his Stephen King adaptations are are pretty good. I mean, uh, amongst all of the ones he's done, this one's pretty good. Yeah, this is not a bad film. I mean, he he had a whole string of them that he did, but I didn't uh, realize that their association was so involved. Well, uh, I I don't know if if Laurentis worked out a deal with with Stephen King or whoever you know managed Stephen King's properties and and mm -hmm. rights His and rights. things like that. But um, yeah, he did several uh, movies. Um, including the utterly awful, um, uh, it's based on the short story Trucks, but it's called Maximum Overdrive, the movie version. Mm-hmm. I saw that when I was trying to decide on what to watch. Uh. Is it, like, horrible? That, yes. It is, well, you see, King not only wrote the script, he directed. Oh. He... Just because you can doesn't mean you should, necessarily. Well, I'm not sure he could. Uh, this was in the throes of his cocaine addiction. Um, so he was, um, you know, uh, jacked up on all sorts of stuff. And, you know, he. <laughs> there's a story from the set where 
he his cinematographer was setting up a shot of a lawnmower and it was supposed to run over a guy. Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, because all the machines have come to life. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, the cinematographer wanted the uh, the blade taken off for safety reasons. Yeah. Well, King refused to have that done. And something flew out from under the lawnmower during the shot and blinded the cinematographer in one eye. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> that's, so, that's a colossally bad idea. Yes. Um, and Insurance should have prevented that. Well, I'm not sure they played by very many rules during Maximum uh, Overdrive. Maybe. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's it's... But that was also a, a Dino De Laurentiis joint. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's lots of of you know examples of and Laurentiis w- is one of those guys who would get you know get a title uh, and then sell it overseas to raise the money to actually make the movie. He didn't have a movie when he would sell it. Yeah. Uh, so be like on spec. Yeah, kind of, but he, but the people he was selling it to there. didn't know that. Yeah, well, no. They he had a title, um. So I mean, he he had the rights to um, trucks or maximum overdrive, but it hadn't been it's made like, yet when he sold is, it. This is written by Stephen King, and this is going to be this great thing, yes. and it's you know it's guaranteed money maker because it's Stephen King, blah blah blah. So right. yeah, I can see him being able to, um sell ice to Eskimos. Yeah, so that's that's Dino De Laurentiis. Uh, also, he liked to make movies as cheaply as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of a trademark. Yeah. So, you know, this movie was not made for a ton of money. Granted, 1983 money. Uh, but uh, like 7 to $10 million, depending on what, uh, what amount. I'm not sure exactly why know, there is... Not- I'm not sure why there's a Production. difference between these two, but uh, yeah, it's it's at the top of the article. Okay, seven to ten million, seven or ten million dollars. It's kind of hard. To Depending, on, I guess, on sources or who you talk sources to, sources or Canadian or because they shot it in Canada. Oh, it could be a conversion uh, raising or whatever. But uh, yeah, it not a ton of money. Uh, and this was also being uh, made about the time that uh, uh, the director, uh, Cronenberg, his uh, Videodrome movie was released, and it was a bomb, mm. a financial bomb. Yeah. Videodrome's considered to be core... Con- corn, uh, core Cronenberg. Cronenberg, but... Uh, but the movie itself was was a financial bomb, and when it was released. Okay. But um, yeah, um, like for instance, they were shooting in Canada mm-hmm. when it was particularly cold. Mm-hmm. I mean, like really frigidly cold, so cold that the actors were like going, "Can we stop now?" Yeah, like all that snow is real. Yes. And and riding on that roller coaster could not have been fun. No, because of they the wind chill. Yeah, and they weren't bundled up in like super furry, you know, overcoats or anything. Yeah. They were. It was yeah. 
So I, I can't imagine at least some parts of this. He probably had a headache getting off that thing for reals. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure shooting some parts of this movie were not fun, yeah. especially anything outdoors. Not a fun shoot, yeah. But, uh, yeah. there, uh, And there are quite a few changes between the book and um, the, film. the film. As, as there th usually are. There is, but then it, then it sort of, you know, especially Stephen King, he can be very verbose at times, especially in his earlier work. Um, and they talked about how the movie was, I mean, the, the, the book was far longer than they could have ever adapted mm -hmm. into a film. So it, it, it took a lot of sort of chopping back in some aspects, actually they got cut and might have actually been Helped interesting. The film. In the f no, it might've been interesting to be in the film. Um, but they just had to make decisions, and they started, and they yeah. they cut the things they yeah. felt like they could live without. You do what you got to do. Yeah. So, it, I mean, Walken was not the Walken we think of today. That no. Who is the caricature of Walken. Um, no, the, he actually had some really tender, sweet moments mm -hmm. in this film, and some moments of... Um, vulnerability that we that we don't usually think about with mm -hmm. Christopher Walken um no yeah but his hair did do that thing after the wreck and after he woke up out of the out of the coma mm -hmm. so his hair did that thing well yeah like in the first part of the movie his hair was like down over his forehead and mm -hmm. down on the side and then when he woke up his hair was like up like whoosh oh they, I mean, it, it wasn't like magical, my brain is altered, so my hair is going whoosh. It was just like, you know, it was styled differently. Okay. Um, but his hair is typically sort of, you know, all over his head. Um, that's part of the caricaturish, cartoonish Christopher Walken that we've known to, you know, grown to know and love. And, and I was just speaking specifically of the way he talks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, there's but some of all that the in mannerisms. There. There's some of that in there, but a little bit just, just when he's tiny, trancing. Yes. Uh, or seeing his <gasps> or his <gasps> or his <gasps> you know his visions of his flashes of the thing the tragedy yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, couple of interesting little bits of trivia. Uh, Bill Murray was actually considered for this role. I had no idea until just reading it just now. Um, Cronenberg initially wanted Nicholas Campbell, apparently, to portray Johnny. Um, but, oh, but he ended up being someone else in the movie. The killer. Oh. Oh. Um... And Cronenberg, it says, also wanted Hal Holbrook to play Sheriff Bannerman, um, but De Laurentiis objected. Like, what? Where do you get off objecting to Hal Holbrook? You, you, whatever you are. I'm not even going to say it because Mark Twain, Samuel How dare Clemens, you? Mark Twain, all the all the people. Yeah. Um, and in addition to the director Donnan, who ended up directing the film, um. Both John Badham and Michael Cimino were considered um, to direct. Now, um, uh, okay, as a music dweeb, I have to give a shout out to the score um, by My Michael Kamen. 
um, recorded at National Philharmonic by the National Philharmonic Orchestra in London at the famous Abbey Road Studios. The score is evocative and effective and um, wonderful. Highly recommend. Mm -hmm. um, the the movie received good reviews mm -hmm. when it was released. It's got an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes um, based on 50 reviews. And um, Roger Ebert gave it three and a half stars at the time. Um, he said it was one of the best of the half dozen cinematic adaptations of King's novels to that date. So he, uh, he praised Cronenberg's direction um, for successfully weaving the supernatural into the everyday. So um, Janet Maslin liked it. Um, more eerie than terrifying, she said. More rooted in the occult than sheer horror. Alrighty then. Um, so, um, yeah, it's it's kind of cheesy looking. It, a little bit, but I, I think when Walken has his um, his visions, um, uh, the way that is shown. Mm -hmm and the flashes we see of his visions. Yeah, and the, the way that that's put together, yes, yes. very effective. Yes, uh, it's, it's very, very, very good. Um, and, um, you know, for a 40-year-old movie, I, I think it, while it, it, it looks dated, and of course everybody's driving an old, old car. Big land yachts. Yeah. Uh, Except for the doodlebug. Well, yes. Um, you know it. It looks good, and it. Uh, now, granted, the wreck with the milk truck, that was like, why are they doing it like that? Because the 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 trailer comes off of the truck, and is and it falls on its side, and then they show it sliding down the road, but it's clearly being It's pushed. like it's propelled. Yeah, it, it, it goes at this constant speed until it stops. Yeah. And and then then that's when, when Walken hits it with the beetle. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, of all the things you could complain about, that's really rather minor. Yeah. Um, so what uh, what rating do you give um, uh, the dead zone? Um, I I'm solid four. Okay, score I score could bump it up to four and a half actually. Okay, I I also will give it four stars. I, I think it's uh, uh, well done um, and uh, entertaining and walking's great and and. Uh, Sheen is terrific as as the villain, yes. and, and uh, the supporting cast also does a really good job. Really so. solid. So there's really for an old movie, it's an enjoyable old movie. So yeah. give it a shot. We watched, we rented it on Apple, Amazon, um, or Amazon no, or Apple. 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 Okay, because um, it was available to rent both places. I yes. think. And uh, so, and it occasionally pops up on various other streamers other services that you know if you're already a subscriber you you don't have to pay extra for it yeah but uh, in this particular right now uh that's how we watched it yep so that's it, how we uh, roll it's very good 
Uh, what else have you been watching, reading, listening to, whatever? Okay. There's a book over there called The Enneagram Letters that I want you to hand to me. It's probably, it's like dark green. There you go. He's digging through the crapalanche to hand me my book. So um, I have purchased a book um, called The Enneagram Letters, The Poetic Exploration of Who You Thought You Had to Be by Sarah Jane Case, author of The Honest Enneagram. Now I'm gonna look in here for the copyright date. I was lucky to pick up a signed edition of the book. Um, where's the copyright date? I think it's a couple pages back. Could be. Um, I'm a big fan of the Enneagram. The, um, for me, the definitive um, definition and science and what all is the, um, the wisdom of the Enneagram by Riso and Hudson. So um, that's just a little um, tidbit for you in case you're interested in like self-exploration. But it's, um, the Enneagram is a nine point um, diagram of personality types. And it talks about what triggers you, what motivates you, if you are um, rooted in your, your brain, your gut, or your heart. Um, anyway, I found this little book um, on, a, on a weekend trip or a vacation or something. And it's, um, it's this author's letters to each Enneagram type. And um, there are questions for self-exploration. If you, if you like digging into your motivations or the motivations of other people, if you like the study of personality types, things like the Enneagram or the um, Myers-Briggs personality typing um, system, um, this might be a fun addition to your library. Did you find a copyright date? Well, it says 2022. Okay, so yeah. But I've enjoyed reading this, and it's one of those things that, like like what I have done with it, I haven't sat down to read the whole thing um, lock, stock, and barrel all at one time. Mm -hmm. uh, you can kind of pick it up and put it down and pick it up and put it down, um, and that's what I've been doing with it. And it's nice to have books like that in your library, in your arsenal, um, so that you don't feel like you are bereft of something to read after you finish the one big thing before you start the next big thing. Um, now Stan and Maud will be taking a little trip here soon and Maud's been, you know, saving a couple of books to maybe take along on the road. Um, so when she finishes the book she's working on now, which I've talked about on this podcast before, Tiny Beautiful Things, um, Advice on Love and Life from Dear Sugar by Cheryl Strayed, uh, best-selling author of Wild. I am um, very, very close to finishing. I will probably try to pick out one quick thing to read um, front to back before we leave on our little trip. So, um, and in the meantime, I will have the Enneagram letters to letters to pick up and put down at my leisure. So, I love things like that. Okay. Have you watched anything? Um, nothing really of note. Yeah. Um, I, most of the watching that happens um, happens with you because um, you're my boo. 
Mm. Well, uh, you know, we just watched the final episode of the third season of Only Murders in the Building. Yes, we did. Uh, very enjoyable. Um, and uh, there's one more episode of Ahsoka, uh, which is which is dropped already as we are recording this. Mm -hmm, that's totally your thing. Yes, that's my thing. Uh, so I'm looking forward to finishing that up. Uh, Loki, season two, I believe starts on the 12th. Okay, so plans. 12th of October. They won't drop that whole thing at one time, will no, they? No, it'll be once a week, just okay. like Ahsoka. Um, oh, yeah, because Disney Plus, duh. Yeah. Okay. And, um, oh, now that the writer's strike is over, da -da -da -da! Last Week Tonight is back with John Oliver. It's been so long. Yes, and we got a new episode Sunday, <gasps> but we haven't watched it yet. So that's available. I'm so happy. So we'll be checking that out. That we we love John Oliver and last week tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really haven't watched anything new or different other than all that stuff. Normal st and you know lower decks. We're hitting lower decks right, still. Lower decks. Um. um good clean star trek fun mm -hmm. actually it's not all that clean there's mm -hmm. some there's a lot of bleeping that happens yeah especially this last episode mm -hmm. uh and um i've um we've been doing our usual um true crime stuff mm -hmm. um, body cam body cam yeah we we that's on id been watching that Really, that's about it. Sometimes when I come home, I don't want to watch anything. I just want to, like, sit and be quiet. Um, Look at you. And, you know, sometimes you're watching something and I don't want to interrupt. So, you just watch whatever you want. Or read. Or read. And I can listen to podcasts or whatever. So. I, I will say that I have discovered something the last few months which I have enjoyed tremendously. Am I, am I allowed to talk about YouTube? Sure. Okay. So um, on YouTube, you can search all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. You can search, you know, zip popping. You can search lighting your farts on fire, which is really a fun search. Rather if you, entertaining. If you I'll like I'll fire. Admit, if, you, um, uh, if you enjoy watching bot fly removal, that can be a lot of fun. Um, so... You know, you can search all kinds of things. Yes. You can search. Um, you can search for Stan the Movie Man videos. You can. You can. I even have some, you know, little singing things on there, but not as mod. And I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna no. plug that because no. that's personal and nobody needs to see that mess. But anyway, um, but you can also search um, just like nature scenes Ambient with sound noise. effects. You can search white noise, you can search ambient noise, you can search low-key jazz music or piano classics or whatever. And it, you know, they can have different kinds of beauty shots behind them. Mm -hmm. I've been gravitating lately toward um, like cabiny scenes with rain or snow happening outside and a fireplace and candles and maybe an animal curled up on a blanket somewhere. Not a scary animal, but like a dog or a cat usually. Or both. Or both, um, but I I enjoy those sound effects um, and you know quiet music um, 
to have in the background while I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people, uh, well, not most people, but other people often will listen to like um, recognizable music, like mm-hmm. an artist's albums or you know certain symphonies or what. I if I'm listening to that music, I'm paying attention to that music. I'm not reading. Mm-hmm. So these um, YouTube videos are lovely to relax and um, read my books to. So um, that's just a little bit of fun information for you, which Mm -hmm. is um, entertaining, edifying, uplifting, calming, and um, nice to curl up on your couch and read, read books with. And if you're someone who has a problem falling to sleep, yeah, a lot of these are specifically designed um, for people who suffer with insomnia. Yeah. Some of them actually talk about theta brain waves and um, are um, scientifically designed um, to help you help you fall asleep faster or achieve deeper sleep more quickly. Mm -hmm. So um, it's it's good, clean fun. Yeah. Um, So if any of that floats your boat give that a shot on YouTube. It's cute because sometimes Stan will go up to bed before Maud does and Maud will be down here um, you know loading up her YouTube channel of whatever it is she's in the mood for and reading her book and then Stan will come down to um, use the restroom or get a drink or both and he'll come back through on his way back upstairs and look at the scene and see if there's a dog or what's going on outside is it a blizzard is it rain mm-hmm. is there thunder mm-hmm. um, and that's cute because you know you stand in there in your underwear looking at the TV seeing well, we don't what need there to share is. everything that's going on well I didn't say which underwear I didn't <laughs> say the ratty ones or you know the ones that are camo print and I call them invisible I don't have ratty underwear. You throw the ratty ones away now as well, you come I, across them. I, f- I throw away the ones that, you know, don't stay up anymore. The, yeah, the ones that would so, be considered auxiliary underwear. Well, they're, the elastic has worn out in them, and I notice it when if I happen to be wearing a pair on my with my pants. Yeah. Um, unless, unless I have them cinched up in my belt you know at my waist yeah they they creep down they creep down because stan's lost a crap ton of weight oh it's not that the the it's and the the elastic the elastic's dead uh i've had a lot of these when i was far bigger a lot of these pairs of underwear more information than you probably want at home but i've had a lot of these uh, for a long time um and they, they just still play have. Out. They still have. Well, most of them still have plenty of elasticity. In Lots them. of spring. But uh, some of them that it just it just wears out and it and it slides down and it's it's not. I it's find horrible. it uncomfortable. It's awful. So there this you go. This may be the most entertaining part of the podcast is yes. the discussion well, of Stan's of underwear. And of course, we saved it for episode two hundred because it's special. Exactly. <laughs> Well, uh, I think we're done. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for listening to this 200th episode of Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. We appreciate it. Thanks for hanging with us. Yes, we do appreciate that a lot. Please feel free to share us with all of your friends on your social media. Uh, And please give us a follow, like, rate, review on Spotify or whatever platform you listen to podcasts. 
If you have a question or a suggestion for a movie you want us to watch, send it to us at comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. Who knows, you may hear your question or you may hear uh, us discussing the movie that you suggest on the next episode of Comedy Tragedy Marriage. But remember, for the next few weeks, it is going to be spooky season. Hashtag so, spooky season. Hashtag spooky season. So make sure uh, that if you suggest a movie, that at least for the next few weeks, it is a spooky movie. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, I'm Stan the Movie Man. That's Maude the Movie Broad. Love you. Love you. And until next time. Later. Later.